this week on the Habs Forum. For the first time in a very long time, we have some actual scheduled games to talk about. They're on Finally. the schedule. Finally. They're happening. It's happening. We even have a preseason game that's upcoming. So we're going to talk about that. Of course, as always, follow us at the Habs Forum on Twitter. Uh, so we'll talk about the games. We're we'll talking about Romanov, who signed, burns a, a year on his entry-level contract. We're going to talk about what, what that means moving forward. The players are looking good at camp. Some players that still haven't showed up to camp doesn't mean they're sick. There's some players that have been giving time and some rumors to talk about too. And once again, we have an interview with Evan, who's known as at Shattenkirk on Twitter. Always a great follow if you like to learn more about prospects. So great interview once again with Dustin. But first, brought first, to you by... Brought to you by, once again, Manscaped.com. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, again, we've used the, uh, the ball shaver's gone very well. I haven't cut myself yet, so, <laughs> so that's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. I even or- placed an order, and uh, I got in less than a week, so I was actually pretty impressed by that, especially with... Uh, very efficient shift. Very efficient. Very efficient. Ordered I'd my- like to hear that. That's right. Ordered, some- ordered myself some ball wipes. There you go. You, so, never, you never know when that could come in handy. Exactly, especially in the summer. You know, the bars are starting to open if you're going to hook up. I mean, there you I go. Mean, there you go. You don't want to scare him off once you pull your pants down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, definitely, guys, check them out, manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HABSFORM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code HABSFORM. It's time to shave those balls, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have games on the schedule, Dustin. There's a training camp happening right now. First game is scheduled for July 28th, preseason game versus the Leafs. I mean, in Toronto, so I guess the Leafs are the home team, but not not really any home teams here. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited. Finally get – I mean, there's really – I feel like I've finished all the, the shows I haven't watched, and now we'll get some, some new sports to watch. I'm kind of excited to get – you know, just selfishly in that sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's going to be going to be good to finally see some hockey for sure. Um yeah, can you really call it a preseason game if it's like in the middle of the season? <laughs> is it in the middle of the season? It's like a whole new season, but just not every team is allowed to play. A pre-playoff game. Yeah, but yeah, well, uh, you, you know the NHL actually said that technically it, they'll be considered to have have made the playoffs. These are considered yeah. the plans are considered playoff games. So I think it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of ridiculous, yeah. but but still, but uh, no, it's definitely great news. I mean, uh, we'll have that preseason game against the Maple Leafs, so that'll. Add even even more excitement to it. And it's coming up quick on July twenty eighth, and then the rest of the schedules. I mean, basically the first week of August, first week of August. Which, funny enough, I'm going to be in Toronto for that week, so maybe I'm going to try to sneak into the confinement area and see if I can uh, spot some Habs. I'm not actually going to do that, obviously. <laughs> but uh, we were joking before the pod that maybe if I if I if I break in and make it seem like a contaminated place, we can guarantee that they can't play and then uh, they don't lose that 12% chance of left on yeah. yeah, you're not a very stealth person, though. That's so. true, that's true. That's, uh, <laughs> pretty, of, all, of all my skills, hard to miss. That's, uh, that's not one of the ones, but for sure. So yeah, the, the, all, all the games uh, that are uh, scheduled so far at 8 p.m., starting on Saturday, the 1st of August, against Pittsburgh. I mean, it's exciting. We're going to get hockey. It's going to be weird, though. No fans in the, anything? Like, are they going to pump? Fan volume in the stands. Yeah, or it's, it's gonna be. It's really gonna be weird for sure. I mean, uh, well, I mean, first of all, seeing hockey like straight up in the middle of the summer in August. Yeah. That's, <laughs> to begin with, that's gonna be pretty weird. And that's true because I know every every year I get the same feeling when we get to the conference final or and final. The majority of the time, unfortunately, the Habs aren't playing anymore. So you're not paying as close attention, obviously, as the Habs fans. You're still paying attention as hockey fans. But it gets to that point, especially here in Montreal, how like the city changes so much when summer hits. 
people just kind of like live their lives so much differently. Mm-hmm. It feels weird, when, and that's in May. Yeah. And now we're gonna get hockey in in, in uh, end of July, beginning of August. August. I mean, this is gonna end in. Uh, I think it's October, like the beginning of October. It's gonna be so weird. Yeah, it's, it's it, gonna it, be really yeah, weird. It, it's definitely gonna be. But weird, yeah. but uh, but I mean, definitely looking forward to it. Not gonna complain. Um, you know, I mean, hopefully things run smoothly. Um, and I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think they got the, some good play, plans in place there for the confinement. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I mean, there won't be any issues. The the one thing that I heard that's interesting is how they're they're, they're even separating in the rooms, right? They're they're staying only four per room. Like even within the the team, they're they're still confined. Like even though if they're already in confinement, I mean they're they're playing it really safe. You know, they're they're they're, they're separating as it is. And there was already cases with uh, with the Canadians. Uh, so there was three positive tests. Then two came out, came back being false positive. So it, it just shows that they're taking the necessary precautions. Uh, we don't know exactly who the player is. I mean, there's no need to really s- s- speculate too much. I mean, if you look at who's missing practice, you can kind of guess. But uh, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to keep happening. But hopefully once they're in the area in Toronto and everything is going to stop. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think, like I said, with, with what they have in place, I mean, it seems to be pretty legit in that. I mean, I think once they get in the bubble – Hopefully, we won't have to worry about it too much, but, but I mean, you know, when you're in that bubble, it takes one person to have it, and, and then it could explode. Nah, I mean, hopefully, course. that's not the case. Of course. I mean, uh, Weber was asked about it, about the, the whether or not, uh, I mean, you just kind of, you just have to trust the players. You have to trust that the players are going to be smart, but you can't babysit them and all that. So, hopefully, everyone plays it smart. There's already been some cases in the NBA of, uh, of players kind of breaking breaking the the confinement rules just to pick up like a food order at the front of the hotel stuff like that like hopefully nothing like that open happens in the NHL I mean the NBA I guess they're the first ones really doing it so maybe they're kind of like the guinea pigs to, that can be called out <laughs> I guess but uh, I, well I mean there's so many players too I mean like it, it's bound to probably happen of course of course and we, we we see so many people online like not to get political but like people that just don't seem to not believe it seem to not think any sort of confinement is 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 needed and statistically if there's a percentage of the population that feels that way there's going to be a percentage of the players that feel that way yeah. too they're probably just not being outspoken about it i, I just hope no one no one no one's stupid moving forward but anyways we, i think we've talked about the whole confinement rules enough the big news coming out recently in the last week is romanov signed uh burns a year uh off his entry-level contract but i'm just happy he signed yeah, I mean that's that's the main thing. I mean, we're as gonna, a Russian player, that's always a, always worry exactly. It's it's always a worry. I mean, especially for someone that 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 had a pretty significant role on his KHL team and, and one of the best teams in Russia. So, I mean, it's definitely you know that that would make it a little bit more nerve wracking. But uh, I mean, even last year he showed that he wanted to come over. So, and and I mean he he proved it uh, by signing the contract. Yes, he gets to. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to play though. He could join uh, potentially the bubble. Um, though I think I had, I had read that he might be having some uh, some issues with immigration, um, so it might might not even be able to get here for the bubble. But but um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see him hopefully next season uh, with the Habs. And what do you um, think about him taking Carl Alsner's number, number twenty seven? <laughs> Uh, well, I don't think Carl Alsner will be with the Canadians again. So yeah, probably not. I mean, he he's the one player that's already uh, announced that he opted out. I just thought it was kind of kind of funny. I mean, a lot of people definitely were having fun with it uh, on on Twitter. But the, the the main question people had is we're worried about because this burns a year off his entry level contract, which is three years. Even though he can't play, with, and people kind of a lot of people 
view this as kind of unacceptable. It's just bad management. At, at the end of the day, first of all, this is something that Romanov wanted for, for sure because it, it's, yeah. it's, it means he's going to get paid more than his entry-level contract quicker. But it can also not necessarily be a bad thing for the Canadians because it only gives him two years before he has to negotiate another contract. So for, for all we know, the third year is when he's going to break out and mm-hmm. would have demanded more money, right? So it, it might save the Canadians a bit of time to have him at a, at a more kind of reasonable rate before he kind of blows up or if he, if he even does blow up. So it, it's really – some people on Twitter seem to make think it's a big deal. It's really not a big deal at all. Yeah, I mean, well, I think, uh, you know, the people who are making a big deal out of it have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, it's Fair you, you, <laughs> you saw the same thing happen with, uh, I mean, it's 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 a big incentive for him to sign here, first of all. And you saw the exact same thing with the Islanders and the, and the goaltender Ilya Sorokin and uh, and the Wild with uh, with Kirill Kaprizov. So, I mean, this this is something that happens on a regular basis. So it's not, it's not bad management or whatever. And, I mean, again, like you mentioned, like he... This means that his contract's going to be up in two years. So, you know, potentially he's probably, you know, two years from now, maybe he'll be less of an impact player three years from now. And that also, if, unless I'm mistaken, that would mean that he could also negotiate at the end of next year a new contract. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this probably makes makes a lot of sense for the Canadians, regardless, either way. And like like we, we said, it's, he's a Russian player, and it's just, even though he's showed interest to come, there's always a bit of... Of a of kind of a, a twinge of worry there with uh, with Russian players because the KHL they can still have significant contracts there they might just want rather kind of stay home so we know he's going to be there for for next year and if there's anywhere the Canadians need help it's Romanov's exactly. position so left defense has been an issue now not that I think he's going to be the savior or anything if anything the fact that Romanov has been to talk because there's been no hockey that's and there's been no draft there's been no free agency. Uh, Romanov has been a, a main subject of conversation, I think, for a lot of Habs fans that are still kind of talking about what's what's going on outside of like the, the chance of Lafreniere. I'm worried maybe some fans have some expectations that are unreasonable for Romanov. Like he's not going to come in and save the day or anything, but he's for sure going to be an improvement to the depth on left defense for, 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 for Montreal. That, I think there's really no doubt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he's definitely going to be going to be a solid improvement. I mean, I'd definitely take him over Kulak. I mean. Who else even got it? Well, I, guess, I mean, Mete. Mete is very Mete is very solid too. But I mean, like, if you take a look at the other guys, they have depth. There's really not a whole lot of depth. I, I, I guys would like hope uh, Romanov's ceiling is because I don't. Yeah. Mete, I think, is a serviceable defenseman in the NHL. I could see him having a, a long career, uh, career in Montreal, or otherwise in the NHL. But he's not never going to be kind of even a top four defenseman. Like on a good team, he might be a, a solid bottom pairing defenseman yeah. I think you know like yeah, exactly. his ceiling isn't that high so hopefully Romanov's ceiling is a bit higher than that but his floor might be a bit lower too so uh, you, you never know like it's a transition from another league but I, I think it's exciting I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him play a lot, a lot of exciting players to, to watch play next year I, I don't know much of what's going to happen in this uh, these upcoming games but yeah I mean we'll see we'll see, we'll see what pick the Canadians get too but uh, yeah I mean it's definitely a lot of young players like finally you're seeing you know, the, the, obviously the Canadians have made a lot of draft picks over the last couple of years, and, and you're finally starting to see that pay off. Yeah. Some of the young guys coming over, not just Romanov, like even guys like Hillis, Yelonen, uh, Kisamutdinov, who are all going to start in Laval, of course. But you know, hopefully, see them in Montreal before before long. Another young player who has who had a rough season in, in Montreal before everything got closed down. Uh, I think everyone would agree. I mean, I've I've always been pretty vocal about being a fan of Kotkaniemi. But he definitely struggled uh, this year, whether it was injuries or on the ice. I mean, he started off okay, but then it kind of got derailed. 
Lojin has been saying nothing but positive things about Kakinami. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this might be one of those situations because you see it sometimes. If, if one that comes to mind, a different situation, but uh, was Jason Spedza. Best thing that happened for his career was the lockout mm. because he spent an extra year in the AHL and he kind of honed his and he came back a, a dominant player basically. For Kotkaniemi, he was able to he seemingly focus on his skating and the aspects of his games that he needed to improve. He, de- he, he you could tell just from the pictures he put the work in. That, that that's one thing about Kotkaniemi, regardless of what you think about how his, his play on the ice, from everything we see. He definitely seems to put the work in to, to try to improve as a player. He's not one of those young guys that thinks it's kind of owed to him. So I, I, I'm the most excited to see play, I think, is for me, is Kakinyemi. I want to see how he responds after this this long break. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was always going to be, you know, he the, the potential and the skill was always there. I mean, and, and we saw that in his first year, you know, when he was 18 years old. Obviously, you know, he, he regressed a little bit last year. Um, unfortunately, dealt with some injuries as well. Uh, I mean, he definitely showed what he could do in the AHL, though. I mean, he scored 13 points in 13 games, so obviously he he can put up the points. But I mean, certainly, you know, I mean, his biggest thing was always the skating and upper body. Well, I mean, strength just in general, and that's two things that he's obviously worked on. Uh, I mean, before the season ended, you know, yeah. well, not ended, but you know, when he was injured, and now with the sort of off season during the uh, during the pandemic. I mean, he's also been able to work on the skating, so. Definitely. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about him. And he's a kid. He's still yeah. very young. I mean, exactly. of course he's still going to get stronger if he's willing to put the work in. He, he's younger than Suzuki, right? Yep. So, I mean, you got you got to be patient with him. So many people are already ready to call him a bus. He still has all the potential in the world. I think maybe people tend to feel that way just because of how Galchenyuk turned out. Galchenyuk was also a third overall pick. And all that type of stuff, but I, I really think Kutkinami is going to figure it out. He, he definitely seems to have that work ethic to go along with the skill sets he has. So I'm I'm, I'm really excited to, to to see him play him and and Suzuki. And we're going up against a team that has the best one-two punch at center in the in the NHL. I mean, it, it's. It's it's a great test for a young uh, young centerman. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Dano is can only really cover one line. I mean, obviously, Dano is one of the best two-way two-way centers probably in the NHL yeah, definitely, definitely one of the most yeah. underrated um, but yeah it's definitely going to be a big test for guys like Suzuki and Kakinami. I mean you know we'll see if uh, we're still not sure if Domi is going to play even if he does play is he going to be playing on the wing is he going to be playing center you know we'll see but uh, it's going to be a huge test definitely against the Penguins I mean the Penguins they have the playoff experience they have a, they have a great team so it's uh, it's going to be a really good test for as long as it lasts. Especially for a guy like, like Suzuki, because based on how he was uh, at, during the season last year, I, th- I think like he kind of proved that he was a better... Like long-term, realistically, I don't think that Max Domi gives me the vibes of really being that, that, that centerman that we kind of saw in the, his first year in, in Montreal. Suzuki gave me centerman vibes. He's not the he's not the one the young player we thought was going to be the future center, but I could see him and and you saw very quickly that he got the trust of, of Julien. Julien was willing to put him in, in difficult situations. He he was playing him a lot later in the year and he was getting the opportunities. I would not be surprised if if uh, if Suzuki's the one that gets uh, gets the matchup against the other whichever whichever one Dano covers of of. of the, mm-hmm. Whether it's the Crosby line or the Malkin line, I could definitely see Suzuki needing to cover the other guy. And I don't expect Suzuki to come up on top in that matchup, obviously, no. but it's going to be a, an amazing learning experience for him. Yeah, I think he definitely deserves the opportunity. I mean, the way that he progressed the whole season, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, never would I have expected him to, to progress the way that he 
really, the one bright spot last year. Honestly. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. really, he, he pretty much was the, the one bright spot on the Canadians this season. But, um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think he, he definitely does deserve it. It's going to be a great test. Like you said, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough test. Yeah, no, of course. And I, and, but, and I expect it, I would expect him to get yeah. potentially get exposed in some situations. I mean, hey, go ahead and prove me wrong, Suzuki. But I wouldn't I wouldn't think that's the end of the world either. Like I said, these it's it, it, it's the best one-two punch at center in the NHL probably. Like, mm-hmm. is, is there any – of the last decade you know, with Malkin no. and Crosby, that, no. it's why it's the team that's been – at the top of the standings for so long, despite sometimes lack, lacking some depth and, and, mm-hmm. and some other positions, when you have that one-two punch in center, it really changes a, a hockey team. And we talked about this before. I mean, Malkin too. Not to not to talk like to talk down about him, but Crosby specifically. If there's any player that I think is ready to go at any given time, yeah. ever during the offseason or, or whenever to play hockey, it's Sidney Crosby. There, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be good to go when it starts. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, he. I think you know he's he's always in game shape. He's always ready to go. And he could care less about Alex Lafreniere. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, he, I mean, the, the, that's a Pittsburgh team that they they, they want to keep winning. They've won already. They're they're at yeah. that point where they have the, the, the. I mean, Crosby and Malkin are, are veterans at this point, right? So they only have so many years left that they can win a cup. They don't want they don't want to lose uh, an opportunity this year. So it's going to be a tough matchup, but uh, it'll be a good test for the kids. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's going to be a good test. Uh, I mean, the the other news uh, coming out of camp. At, I mean, Weber's been kind of missing some. Uh, he, did, I mean, he was um, m- missing at the beginning of practice, a bit of war, but he did skate on his own after that. So it it, seem, it seems to be all right with uh, Weber. He should be there. Yeah, exactly. I'm not uh, not too concerned about that. It's probably just a therapy day. You would uh, you would think. I mean, like you said, he was uh, he skated on his own at the end. Took a couple of slap shots and that. He stretched with the rest of the team. So I don't think uh, don't think it's too much of a concern. Uh, aside from that, coming out of camp in the last uh, few days. So actually, it's uh, Claude Jamey specifically said that uh, Suzuki might be the the like he said he's a first year player. But he's a smart player. When asked about who's going to match up against mm. one of Crosby or Mulligan, like he so he didn't straight up say it, but he basically said it by saying he's a smart yeah. player. So yeah, I mean, I think it makes the most sense. I mean, who else would you really put on him? Um, I mean, you know, Cook and Yemi. I think um, you know he no that, be on the third that, line. That's yeah, definitely I mean, not he the, didn't the even, situation. Yeah, I mean Suzuki yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he he's the one that deserved it with the way with the you know the season that he had. So yeah, I definitely love to see him there. Uh, also, some news from uh, Noah Jolson. So this is from Eric Engels, is his uh, Twitter Claudine saying that despite uh, him missing key development time due to injury in the last two years, we all know his history, uh, really unfortunate. He's impressed with how he's keeping pace in practice over the last three days. So that's that's great to hear for someone yeah. like Noah Jolson. I mean, regardless of, of of what his future, I just want him to get like a shot to actually prove himself. He's been, had such bad luck with uh, with injuries so far in his career. It's just great to hear that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, you hate to see it. I mean, hopefully he's past that now, obviously. I mean, like you said, the, the t- last two seasons have basically been lost seasons for him. Uh, you know, and there's doing, a spot for him. Yeah. To, oh, yeah, up, definitely. Up, up, up for the day. Like, who's he going up against? Well, Fleury, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, Fleury, not that Fleury has played poorly uh, either, and he's earned some playing time, but I'd love to see Jolson get uh, get at least one game. Out, out yeah, I mean, but, and before he started dealing with the injuries, I mean, he was starting to come into his own. He, you know, he had a good run with Laval before and uh, and I mean he had a couple of good games before uh, you know, before the injury so I mean he's he definitely has potential he's never going to be you know the a, a top two defenseman really but I think you know potentially he can he can definitely be a solid uh, three four 
right, definitely, definitely agree with you there for uh, for Jolson. So uh, uh, we'll see. Like that, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking about. It's all it's all the young guys. That's who I want to watch. As like I, I don't expect anything more from this. I want to see the young guys skate, see how they can perform. And for some, if for they like Kutkinyemi had an off season basically, so he's coming into a new season. So he, we could see him progress, like a as if this is as if he's coming into his third year, right? We see so many players show up ready to take a next step at that point. So, I mean, it, it'll be uh, exciting to see. I mean, now, outside of the camp, there was a rumor that uh, got uh, picked up. I'm just trying to find, find the tweet again here. But uh, it was John Shannon on uh, an, an Oilers uh, uh, radio show. I can't find the tweet right now, but he's basically saying, so Hall, Taylor Hall is a free agent. Uh, and here's the thing. Free agents are always rumored to Montreal, and they never sign in Montreal. We all know this, but it's still That's fun true. to talk about it, so let's just <laughs> talk about it. Uh, so so here's it. I got the tweet. So on, on Oilers now, regarding Taylor Hall's future, I think there will be a small market, and I think the two places that are obvious for Hall to go, other than staying in Arizona, would be Montreal and uh, Calgary. Now, he's not even saying it's a rumor. He's just saying his yeah. educated guess is where it should, it should end up. But Montreal has the cap space. Definitely has the cap space. I mean, Hall might want to come back to play for a Canadian team. Maybe he just ends up staying in Arizona. Who knows? I mean, what kind of like? I mean, this all depends with what happens in the draft. But I mean, were the Canadians a Taylor Hall away from being a contender this year? Is this really a move you want to make? It's definitely a move that I think Benjamin is going to go for. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, I mean Taylor Hall would definitely be a huge, huge addition for the Canadians. Obviously, I mean, I think he'd be a great player for the Canadians. I'd love to see him with the Canadians. Um, but I mean, definitely, like everything that's happening now or has happened with the COVID. I mean, with the salary cap now basically going to be staying um, stagnant for the next three years. I mean, this is huge for the Canadians. Yeah. I mean, they're in such a good position right now. There's a lot of like, there's very few teams that would have a shot at. Taylor Hall and a guy like Hall. This was this is meant to be his big payday, right? It's his. It's yeah. going to be his last big contract, and he's he obviously wants to go play somewhere he wants to play, but he he also doesn't want to leave too much money on the table here. Mm. And like you just said, there's not that many teams that can offer him that money, and the Canadians can, and we know are willing to because they've been trying yeah. to get these free agent players all these years. But here's the thing, though: if we go get Taylor Hall, and now we've talked about this before, I think a guy that need that. There's no Max Domi then. Yeah, no, no. So I mean, they're, they're, yes, the Canadians obviously have the, have uh, have the cap, uh, cap room, and they definitely have the room to go get Taylor Hall. They also have some guys of their own that they have to sign, like Max Domi, and more importantly, I would say is uh, Philip Deneau. There's yeah, a couple of other course, guys, and Jeff Petrie as well, Thomas Tatar. But as well. I, I don't even mean in the sense of needing needing to have the space yeah, to resign. I just but, mean in the sense of if you add Hall to the team, and Suzuki has proven himself to be a better center. You want Kakinami at center. There's really no no room for Domi. And at the end of the day, I mean, the Canadians' offense could definitely be improved. But the weakness in Montreal the last couple of years has been on defense. So, great, go get Taylor Hall. Obviously makes the team better. But I don't think if you add Taylor Hall to the Montreal Canadiens this year, they're a playoff team. Versus, like, if, that's, if, the, if the only mm. change you make is that. Taylor Hall's not coming back and, and, and covering Greg Kulak <laughs> when he makes a mistake or, or you know, or, or Ben Sherratt when he gets outskated. I mean, Sherratt had a great season, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I, mean, I think they could they could have been in the playoff picture, potentially, with uh, if they had Taylor Hall. But you think um, the Canadians are going to be, like, the div- win the division every season, so of course you think that. <laughs> um, I like to stay positive. <laughs> but, 
I mean, they, they, they would have been a lot better. Defense is, of yeah, course yeah, be better. yes, defense is definitely the biggest. Is issue. Taylor Hall helping your defense? No. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's my point. Okay, <laughs> so so there still needs to be improvement there, and so then like I'm not saying that Max Dummy Walk is just an RFA. He has value, but even if we don't get a guy like Taylor Hall. I'm for trading one of our forwards to go get some help on defense. Because Romanov is not the the all no. the ultimate no. solution. You know, we, we need more pieces on top of that. Our defensive core right now, like first of all, the the, the, the good players we do have, and Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie, great defensemen, aging defensemen. Mm-hmm. There's not that much coming up that like, like there's no guarantee young defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens roster that you know no. for sure is going to be a stud defenseman. No, I mean, they, you know, they have some good young guys. Obviously, uh, on the right side, they have Juleson and Fleury. On the left side, they have, obviously, Romanov. They have Mete, who's still pretty young. They have... Realistically, how many of those do you think are going to be a number one defenseman in the NHL? I think Romanov has, has a shot. He has the potential. Yeah, you know, Romanov has the potential. No, I mean, he's, he's not going to be doing it next year. I mean, uh, Mete, I don't think, is going to be, uh, has has that sort of potential, realistically. Jordan Harris and Jaden Struble are two good guys, too, but, you know, probably not top two guys, necessarily. Are they good guys or good defensemen? I'm happy to know that we draft good guys. Right? Very good defensemen okay, okay. with a lot of potential. But I'm sure they're good guys too. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully, hopefully. But, so, I, mean, uh, okay. I, I mean, once again, it's, it's, it's not even a rumor. I think I called it a rumor. It's, it's more of a, of, a, of a speculation. It just makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. He's, the, the, he's going to be the, the, the premier target. Like I'm, I, can't, I can't remember who else is available as a, as a free agent at the uh, – I mean, the free agent. defense? Well, I mean, like it's overall, I mean, free agency seems, seems so far away right now. I mean, the playoffs are yeah, going to be no, done that's in true. October. That's true. But, uh, but uh, well, I mean, one guy on the left side who who would make sense in free agency that has been linked to the Canadians would be Tori Krug. Well, and um, just to piss off the Bruins fans, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like he's gonna like is is he really that good? Like, is he really a top two defenseman? I mean, Tory he Krug? had forty nine points in sixty one games. Yeah, but I don't know. Is that is that not good? I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah, that's. It depends yeah. on the money he gets yeah. and all that. Well, I, mean, I feel like he's going to be so overpaid, yeah, and he's yeah. not going to be worth it. Yeah, and but. he's he's twenty nine at this point. I mean, it's really through drafting that you you need to improve your uh, your your defense. Unfortunately, it's the right side that seems to have the. Uh, I mean, there's Bufflin, but who knows what's going on with him? And he's thirty five at this point. But there's Peter Angelo, uh, there's um, Tyson Berry, but he didn't impress too much on the lease this year. Uh, there's there's a few right defensemen, but not that many left defensemen. A, a Tory Krug makes a lot of sense. It yeah. definitely makes the team better. There's Sammy Vatnin. Well, Peter Angelo. That well, that probably he, he, is he really going to leave though? Like probably not. No, probably not. Probably not. Like I I, I would guess that he stays, but it's just it's just speculation. I mean, yeah, there's there's some options there, but uh, but I'd rather know. move a guy like Domi and get like a similar kind of like mm-hmm. situation RFA player, twenty five ish years old, just. Yeah, well, I, I there, like there has been the rumor too that they that they could trade with St. Louis to get Vince Dunn. Um, so I mean that that could be an option. And then and I basically we'd, uh, what I don't hate that. Yeah, no, I think I think that'd be good. And we'd also take uh, Jake Allen's contract because it's a bad contract. So that that's the type of th- moves we need to do, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Because I mean, maybe they need to move a Jake <laughs> Allen so they can resign a Peter Angelo, right? Yeah. So so they're so they're willing to give away an asset like. Uh, like uh, like like done. So that, that that's the type of the type of stuff I wanna I wanna see. It, it's it's hard to even talk about the off season right now because yeah. Like when I wonder like when, when is it gonna be like is there is the draft only gonna be in in I guess it's, like November? Is that, is no, that it's if I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to be like October fourteenth. October fourteenth. Yeah, something okay. like that. So yeah, I mean it's way down the down the road. Obviously, I mean the most important thing right now is the uh, is the playoffs and getting ready for that and losing. 
Hopefully. So we can draft nothing. <laughs> yeah. uh, aside from that, the, the other thing I, we had noted here is uh, who's going to be Price's backup? I mean, at the end of the year was oh. Lindgren. Uh, you got. I mean, I think Primo. Yeah, it makes I think that makes sense. most sense. Uh, I think Lindgren. Uh, forget Lindgren. He has no place in the, team, yeah, <laughs> the organization yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah, Primo is obviously the goalie of the future. He had an amazing season with Laval. So, then do you think Primo starts the year as the backup next year? Or they're gonna go, or are they gonna go get try to no, get another think, Keith Kincaid? Yeah, well, hopefully better than Keith Kincaid. Even, I to, thought he was gonna be great yeah, last yeah, year. But. Yeah, dude, please don't go back and listen to our podcast about <laughs> Keith Kincaid. We were very wrong. Yep. Pretty sure everyone was though. To be fair, so. but uh, yeah, I think Primo makes the most sense. I'd love to see McNiven get a game too. I love McNiven. He deserves it. Get a game that. or just be able to be. Well, not yeah, just be the backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? I mean, they can all sit on the bench. He deserves it. I mean, after let's just what do he's a, been a rotation of being able to sit on the bench. <laughs> anyway, I mean, uh, yeah, I think Primo makes the most sense though. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree with that too. I mean, why have him sit in the press box? And mm-hmm. he's, he, I think he's. Pretty obviously the best of the bunch too. It's not just oh, yeah, the fact definitely. that he's a future goalie and all that. He's already better than all those guys. I yeah, think at this he's point. definitely better than Lingren and, and McNiven, um, and he's definitely the goalie of the future. So, all right. So I think that uh, that covers it for uh, for this week's uh, episode. We I was writing the notes today. It was nice. There was actually some news to talk about now yeah, that training camp is happening. Instead of trying, <laughs> kind of making up stuff on uh, on the fly to talk about, but we uh, we have once again another interview. Uh, so with Evan, just known as at Shattenkirk on Twitter, if you follow Habs Twitter, you've definitely seen seen him around. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's always active, talking about prospects, talking about Canadians' prospects, but especially about draft prospects. He had a lot of great views, uh, a lot of interesting views as well, some hot takes as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so definitely give it a listen and, and make sure to give Evan a uh, give him give him a follow for sure on Twitter. All right, so enjoy that interview, and we'll talk again next week. All right, I'm joined here by Evan at Shattenkirk on Twitter. He's a great resource for draft prospects and have prospects uh, if you're interested in prospects. Thanks a lot for joining us here today, Evan. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, so obviously we know the, uh, the play-in should be starting here relatively soon, August 1st. Um, not too many people are giving the Habs a chance here. Um, do you... What would what would be your preference? Would you like to see the Canadians make a run, or would you like to see them uh, get a chance at possibly getting that first overall pick, and worst case, getting the ninth round, uh, ninth overall pick? So for me, I'm looking at it like this: most certainly want to play. They don't care much for twelve and a half percent chance of winning that one year. Um, when I look at it, I see that the talent drop off. Definitely agree with that. Obviously, I mean, if, if they do lose in the first round and they do end up with the first overall pick, I mean, I think we all know who they're going to end up drafting. Obviously, Lafreniere. If they do uh, draft ninth overall, who are some of the guys that you think uh, or that you'd like to see them pick? So I'm just going to go off Bob McKenzie's list because I don't want to start getting into who could be there, who can't be there. Because unless you do a mock draft, it's pretty hard to get um, get like accurate names. Um, so. Like, obviously, I'm a huge Cole Perfetti guy. Bob has him at five, so he probably doesn't make it to nine. I'm going to, so I'm going 
absolutely like great talents on that side. Um, other than that, I'm looking at guys like uh, Alexander Holtz. We have have drafted a bit of this last year in Cole Caulfield, where they drafted for um, just pure shooting, scoring ability that we haven't seen in Montreal since Alexei Kovalev, or um, even before then. I guess back to Pacioretty as well, but. You're talking about pure goal scorer who can just electrify, pull you out of your seats. It's Alexander Holt. Um, and then I'll look at maybe one more in particular, which is Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn is a great two-way forward. Goes um, can make the t- uh, make the game really hard on the other team. Um, and most of all, he just scored 52 goals in the OHL, which really is and actually 48 in his last 51 games. So. You're talking about a guy who just went on an absolute tear playing second line minutes with Mitchell Holscher and Jack Beck or Alex Belanger on that wing. And those aren't guys that are exactly household names in the OHL. So Jack Quinn did a lot of work for himself. Um, I was watching a bunch of Ottawa games recently, and if he's not scoring, he's hitting posts, he's creating huge rebounds, he's drawing defenders in with his shot and looking for other options. He's an electrifying, really, really solid player that you you really can't go wrong if you take Jack Quinn anywhere past like five. If you take Jack Quinn if Buffalo takes him, very good pick as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think you can't go wrong with any of those guys. You mentioned Jack Quinn. He's well, like you mentioned, he had 48 goals like in his last 51 games. He's a guy that can that that's really jumped up on the boards as of late, or on a lot of boards. Maybe not necessarily all boards. Um, there, uh, there's obviously if you take a look at a lot of the uh, the draft prospect rankings and the mock drafts, there's not really much consensus. Um, you know, I mean, some of the guys you see a lot higher than than others. What, who are some of the guys that you think are maybe ranked higher than they should be or lower than they should be? Um, so I'm just going to probably go off of Bob's list just because it's easy, just using the consensus. Um, Seth Jarvis at 18 is, like, for me, that's very low for me. Like, I see him as one of the top seven talents probably in this draft. Um, you're talking about a guy who has, I think, like 75 points in his last 32 games in the WHL. Um, he's an absolute line-driving winger, but to a T, he, um, vision, his agility, his uh, creativeness, really good puck skill, and he scored 42 goals in the WHL this year. You're talking about a guy who's 5'10", and is already just like, just having his way with the league. So, I really like Seth Jarvis. Um, I like Lucas Reichel a lot. Lucas Reichel probably not in the Habs. I could see Habs going Seth Jarvis at nine. That's not too big of a of a reach. Um, Lucas Reichel probably not in that range. But once again, um, really great talent when it comes to skating. His skating is very very good. Um, good high end speed. Um, good like uh, lateral agility. Um, and then I think he's a pretty creative player as well, dynamic. Um, I, I was watching a lot of his games this year, and he is uh, he sort of does a bit of it all. Um, not necessarily the highest skilled player. I do think that he shows more than people give him credit for, but he is um, a very good talent as well in that range. Um, as for guys, I'm a little bit lower on. Um, it's no surprise to my followers that Jamie Drysdale isn't exactly my... Um, go-to player, especially where Bob has him at four. 
asking to cut players off at the blue line. He does not try and uh, show his gap control. He does not try and go get puck, puck retrievals in the corner. He leaves a lot of that for his defensive partner, um, which I guess is okay if you have if you're dynamic offensively and you're really bringing that side of the game, like a guy like Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes. But when you add the fact that Jamie Drysdale doesn't have that offense in his, in his game and he doesn't go for puck retrievals and he avoids contact and he um, doesn't show gap control and he sometimes looks lackadaisical in his own end, it's, what does this guy really do? Like, when I picture Jamie Drysdale, I'm picturing a Brandon Montour um, a guy that sort of reminds me of Morgan Riley with I don't I think Morgan Riley is quite a bit more offense into his game. I don't think Jamie Drysdale has that offense. Um, I don't want to get in too deep into the guy because like you know I'm obviously very against the grain on this. But from what I've seen, Jamie Drysdale at four is pretty uh, pretty high for my life. Okay. Um, and I'll just hop into one more. I guess Hendricks last year is fifteenth on Bob McKenzie's list. And that's very, very high for my liking. He is a player that's shown great skill at the Flinka. Um, he reminds me of a bit of a discount, actually not a bit of a discount, quite a bit of a discount, Tim Stutzel. So where pass first game, um, plays with his vision, uh, that's his main focus, I guess. Um, but I don't think he has the, uh, the draft year where it's just so much risk. You're taking a guy who played 19 games this year at uh, top 15, and you're asking to, um, like, it's just so risky. You're not going to have, it's not going to pay dividends when there's guys like Jacob Perot on the board, Lucas Reichel, Rodion Amirov, Seth Jarvis. I just don't see it. Yeah, I definitely understand what you say about uh, about Lapierre. Um, if, if he didn't have those injuries, do you think he, do you think 15th without the injuries would be a good uh, good sort of range for him? If you told me the player we were getting at the Holinka was who he is, I could see it top 15 for sure. But it's getting a little worrisome that he, um, even when he was on the ice this year, he did not look very good. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Lapierre was one of the guys that I, that I thought maybe you know, early on in the year that the, that the Canadians could be taking a look at. But definitely with those two concussions, it, it, at least two concussions this year, it definitely scares you off. Um, one thing I'd like to ask you about Drysdale, um, so you said number four would be too high for him. If he were there for the Canadians at number nine, do you think he could be a good option? Or he should be even lower than that? I would um, pass, and I wouldn't think too hard on it. No? All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's, it's against the grain for sure. That's interesting. Not even in the top 20. Wow. Um, so, obviously, the Canadians have a lot of picks in this draft. 14, if I'm not mistaken. So, they have a lot of later round picks. I mean, three second round picks and then quite a few later round picks as well. Who are some of the guys that you see later on in the draft that uh, that you would like to see the Canadians draft? Um, I 
of Chicago or Montreal when they're playing series, but the, the same guys should be available in the same range, so I'm not going to get too bogged down into that. Um, I'm looking at uh, Luke Evangelista, so he's, um, sorry to give you a little a little bit of everything. Um, and what you're going to understand when I look at my scouting is that I look for three main things to create a player's floor. So I look at uh, size. So if you're five foot eight, it's like although the league is changing and all that, it's still very hard for you to make the league at such a short size. Um, I look at skating, and I look at um, hockey sense. So when I'm looking at a guy like Luke Evangelista, I don't see um, I don't see guys going to lead, lead, lead his team in scoring. Maybe he's going to lead London next year. Actually, I'd probably bet on it, but I don't see him. I see him contributing all over the ice, compete level. Um, I see him offering a lot in terms of uh, all-around game. He can call, he can score some goals. I don't think that he should be your number one goal scorer. Um, he can pass the puck really well. Like actually, his, his vision and passing is very, very good. Um, but I don't see him as a game breaker by any means. I do like him in that range, though. Um, but where I'm talking about the the, uh, the floor, creating a player's floor. A guy like Thomas Bordalo from the U.S. Uh, national team, he offers a bunch in terms of skill. He's a very highly skilled player. Um, his stick handling, his, he's very dynamic. Um, he was very good in the NCAA comp, uh, competition this year with the national team development program, um, which shows well for what he can do next year, assuming that they play. I think he's going to Michigan. Um, he's a great talent, but he's a five foot nine and a half centerman, which if you look at the NHL, there's very few of them, and the ones that are are very very highly com- um, competitive players, and usually can take a lot of uh, a lot of wear and tear. So, maybe makes a transition to the wing, or something along those lines, um, but as of right now, I definitely look his way. Um, we go to pick 62, and I'm looking at a guy like Eamon Hunt. Powell, so also from the National National Team Development Program. He's a 5'11", 165-pound right-handed defenseman. He played quite a bit with uh, Jake Sanderson, so I'm watching a lot of Jake Sanderson. I'm going, who's this guy beside? Because he was holding his own very well in in his own regard, so he's a good puck mover. His skating is really good, Um, and he gives you gives you a, a good sense of what his upside could be, which isn't, um, which is like very fair. His upside is about pretty uh, pretty high. Um, and then I'm also looking at a guy like, um, uh, I'm going to try and get this pronunciation, Emil Heinemann. So he plays in Sweden, and he absolutely lit up the Super Elite League this year. Um, he gets to the right areas. He is... Um, Scores great, but uh, nice and um, rough and uh, competitive goals. He's right down in the uh, in the center um, of the crease, and he does really well in that regard. Brings you a lot of energy. Brings you a lot of compete. Um, so yeah, um, we can move along to some later picks, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the, the, those are so, all seem like good options. Definitely in the second round. Bordalo, I mean, definitely is a guy that I that I really like. A guy that you know the previous guests that we've had on the show have, have talked about as well. It could be a great option for the Canadians. 
but yeah, the Canadians have a lot of late round picks as well. They've had some success as of late, obviously, with guys like Jake Evans, Caden Primo. Who are some of the guys that you think uh, later on in the draft might be available that you'd like to see them pick? So, Bob McKenzie put out his list, and shockingly, I see an honorable mention to Tristan Robbins. And although it's not the sixth round, and I don't even think, so Bob has him as an honorable mention outside of his top 93, so outside of the third round. Um, if Tristan Robbins is there outside the third round, I'll come to Montreal and buy you beers, because I don't see that happening at all. Um, Tristan Robbins, if he's there any time to have to pick after their ninth overall pick, and wherever they think they can get him, I would highly encourage it. He's a player who had, I think, 55 points in his last 32 games or something along those lines. I haven't written down on Twitter, I have in my tweets. But um, he is a very highly competitive kid, um, very highly competitive. He is constantly just wearing down opponents, um, very high skill level, dynamic player. Um, he's listed at 5'10". He was on with Hockey Prospect recently, and he said that he's at 5'11", 183 right now. And that's with very good skating, and he's actually has a pretty good shot as well. Um, scored 33 goals this, this year in uh, Saskatoon. So I'm looking at him. If you can get him anywhere after 9, I am perfectly content, especially at 5'11", 183. You're talking about a guy who people considered small before. If he's 5'11", he's not really small anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love Tristan Robbins. Um, awesome, that, that'd be great. Hope, hopefully he is still there. That'd be great. Yeah, if he's still available after the third round, you can, <laughs> you can come buy us some beers. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what you're looking forward to now. I hope he's not around. Uh, um, any other guys? Yeah, sure. So, um, there's some guys that are in that range. I'm not as high on, though. Um, there's a guy like Tyler Clevin from the National Team Development Program. I would stay away. He's 6'4", 200. Um, and that's sort of where the... That's sort of where he stops. That's sort of where you lose interest because past that, he's a big defenseman who doesn't have very much puck skill. Um, probably pass around there. Uh, a guy I like is Pavel Gogolev. So he's from Guelph. He's an overager. Um, two years, he's draft eligible for the last two years. He's been passed over a couple times. But his skill level is off the charts. He has a very, very high skill level, very impressive goal scoring ability. Um, he played with Cam Hillis a lot this year, and that duel was pretty dynamic, so maybe the Habs have seen him a lot. Um, definitely a guy who they could have a lot of interest in. Um, had 45 goals in 63 games and 96 points. So the way I see it is that if you like this player and you would give up draft pick to have him in your organization, then you shouldn't be too afraid of using a draft pick in this draft to have him in your organization. So if you can get him in the third round, you're talking about adding a guy who just had 96 points and 45 goals in the OHL in your team for a third round pick, like I think it's pretty much a no-brainer. Um, who else do we have here? I know a lot of Habs fans are going to want... Um, St. John's defenseman, William Villeneuve. Like, I don't know how to say his name very well. Yeah, um, no, no, you did pretty good. Yeah, William Villeneuve. Yeah. Um, he actually outscored uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Poitier in um, St. John this year. But when it came 
team um, surrounds its players, especially defensemen. Um, I think it's a bit of a um, the stat line isn't very good, very indicative of his performance, and I don't think he should be up there with the best defense in the draft. Um, I know he's considered pretty highly by some. I think some I've seen him in some people's first round. I'm not there on him. Um, Jan Kuznetsov played in Connecticut this year in the NCAA. He's a defenseman who's six foot four, two hundred nine. Um, very young for the NCAA for a defenseman. He um, brings size, brings that type of uh, size and skating mix that can actually be pretty hard to find. So when you see that kind of upside, you see a guy who's already played against pretty big boys. It's pretty impressive. Um, and he's yeah, six foot three, two hundred one. So big, big boy, um, left shot defenseman. I think I've seen him ranked one hundred and seventieth by McKean's, ninety um, fifth by Future Considerations, uh, and I definitely see him go, being uh, worth a very third round pick, second round pick. I think you can't really go wrong in that regard. All right, so so definitely quite a few good options there. Um, so I mean, it's going to be going to be interesting to see what the Canadians do. They have so many picks uh, coming up in the draft. Well, whenever the draft does end up happening, uh, if we take a look at current Habs prospects, are there any guys that you feel are sort of flying under the radar that you really, really like? Yeah. So, um, so well, obviously, I want to get in a bit of Romanov. So Alexander Romanov is an absolute beast. Um, I'm pretty excited to have him in Montreal. I'm excited to get him. Um, get him going, he's going to immediately start um, being a great addition to the left side. I think he steps in next year. Um, aside from that, I'm looking at uh, a guy that succeeded last year in camp named Johnny Fairbrother. Um, he had a really good camp, scored a few goals, and had a good season this year in the WHL. Um, Cam Hillis, I think, is a player that's going to score better in the pros than he did in the OHL. He has a really nice release pretty dynamic and um, I think he gave up a lot of his goal scoring to Pavel Lula this year even though if he was the guy that was relied on for the goal he probably popped above 30 I think he does um, scores pretty good in the AHL next year um, Jesse Yolo- uh, Yolonen who came over from Finland this year he's a guy that I expect to be a really nice addition to the AHL team this year and I hope that a guy like Ryan Paling can sit there and just uh, mature under Joel Bouchard. And I hope that a guy like Jesse Alonen can also um, be nice to add to the mix because where he came from in Finland, the team was very weak, and I don't think the coaching was all up to par. So now that you have Joel Bouchard getting his hands on him, I think the Habs are uh, in, in good shape in that regard. And I can't wait to see what happens next year in Laval. Yeah, they're going to have a really exciting team in Laval next season. I mean, like you mentioned, guys like Hillis, Yolonen, even uh, uh, Kisa Mutanov coming over. So they're going to have a lot of young talent. Maybe even Gogolev if they do end up drafting him. Hopefully, that'd be great. Uh, is, so Romanov, of course. I mean, that's that's the recent news. You know, he just signed with the Canadians. Um, so you mentioned you know he'll be playing with the Canadians next season. What sort of impact do you see him making? So Romanov is a very dynamic player. And that, people think that dynamic means that he goes and scores flashy goals or anything like that. I don't see it that way. When you are a dynamic player, sorry about that, that's my dog. <laughs> um, come here. Um, 
about that dynamic player, talking about someone who can make plays all over the ice. Um, so when I see Alexander Romanov, I think of a guy who's making big hits, who's timing plays extremely well, um, and a guy who uh, I, have a, I have a picture, I have a video on my uh, Twitter feed where Romanov is making a diving athletic play to stop um, a chance of someone. And he's like, you see that play, and you're thinking, okay, that's a breakaway for 95% of defensemen. That that 5% defenseman is Alexander Romanov who's back there. Mm-hmm. So, um, very dynamic, very athletic, um, and just dedicated to his craft. He wants to become a very solid defenseman all over the ice, and he wants to lead the rush, but he also wants to sit back and play really strong defense. So that's like the Alexander Romanov the, uh, becoming for the Canadians. That'll be definitely definitely be really exciting to watch him next season. Um, so, well, thanks a lot for this, Evan. Um, do we, is there anything that we should be looking out for you uh, that uh, that you're going to be posting in the near future? I'm always posting prospect videos, always posting uh, wild opinions. But other than that, um, I don't have any rankings coming out. I don't plan on too too much. But um, yeah, just follow me, and uh, if you're interested in prospecting, you'll see a bunch of stuff pop up. Definitely always a good follow. So, again, that's Evan at Shattenkirk at, uh, on Twitter. Well, thanks a lot, Evan, for doing this uh, for us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, take care.